Before we uh, start tonight, if uh, if we can have three, four of you give the the clear expression of uh, the goodness of, of God, the the greatness of what He's done for us in, in a word or two, because there's um, there's some continuity to His goodness. Anybody? Somebody? Yes. Well, I like the fact that you've gone before. All right. And he put a man, born a woman, just like us before us. That's a good one. Yes. Well, he has the keeping. We have the keeping power of the Lord. Yeah. As long as our heart turns towards him. Says, uh, yeah, kept in heaven <laughs> by his power. Mercy endures forever. Yeah. That's the beginning. And where the thankfulness really comes is the mercy. We get the mercy and then we have the grace that follows. He, yeah. allows, us, he allows us to come boldly to the throne of grace. Yeah, and that has a hook in it that we need to look at. Because it's not that it finished. At that place, that's where a lot of the finished work happens because it's, it's out of the, the holy place into the moon. You know, you don't get to the most holy without a screen. Yes? I'm very thankful every morning for a brand new day. Yeah. Yeah, and that we don't have to live on, on our previous evidence. We, we, it's new. It's a great, it's really a good thought. We get a new chance yeah. to glorify him every day. Okay. Yes, the, the, <laughs> he guides us into all truth. By the way, it's good to have you back. Yeah. And, and the result of, of his goodness, when you, if you're weighing it and, and, and sensing it, the wonderful thing for us is it brings us to a turning to a repentance. The idea that we could continue to stay, though we do, we fall, we zig, we zag, we halt, but the fact that, that it, it's a breaking thing. When you see how wonderful and consistent and that he never ever uh, leaves us, that should break us. God help us to believe that tonight as we come before him in our praise. Also be with uh, Richard as he gets his hand operated on. And you, you're you going in too this week? Or? Yeah. Okay, same with John. Okay. Everybody's going under the knife and we're all under it day by day. But it's good because it's the only way to get home. Amen. Let's gather.
this morning. Uh, that uh, prayed and I could sense the depth of the of the cry thank you I was touched by the depth of the cry and uh, brought me back to um, my own mother's cry before the Lord when I was going the wrong way. I also uh, thought about what the Bible says about Abraham. I think it's in the book of Romans that it says that he he was convinced he was persuaded that the one that had promised was able well able to do what he had promised I think one of the problems with the, the promises is that we we think in our own concept of time our own space and so we judge the promise according to our own understanding not knowing that the promise of the Lord is eternal and is a subject to the time we don't know what he's doing and we don't know when he's going to do it but because we are limited because we see uh, what I see and we lose hope when we don't see happening what we think it should happen and you can see in that scripture that uh, Abraham had before him a natural thing that he, he was telling him is impossible don't believe that he's looking at his own body he's looking at his wife's body he's looking as the years go by and the promise is 25 years old and nothing has happened and instead of things looking better they're looking worse but somehow is persuaded that not him not his wife not any natural thing but the one that promised is able to do what he said he was going to do and so let us uh, uh, have hope that those things that we have uh, we have been promised to us those things that we have seen the Lord spoken to us that he's going to do it regardless of the time regardless of what you see happening and just as my own mom believed and I don't know how she could have believed that seeing what I was doing seeing the outward appearance of uh, of the not answerable prayers when she knelt down to pray yet God was doing a work that nobody knew myself included and so let us have great hope that whatever is our, our, our prayer whatever is our cry that we have a father just like the prophecy was saying that if we ask him for bread he will not give us a snake he will not fail and so we rest then that the one that promised is well able to fulfill what he promised we can go to the book of Romans fifth chapter I was thinking about this verse and but I I thought maybe we should read the context but the verse I was thinking about it is that for if verse 10 when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death 
of his tongue. So when we were enemies, and also uh, verse 6, for when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. And so, uh, this is the context of this. Therefore, being justified by faith, and, uh, and we have been having trouble with this concept throughout the years, because uh, it's hard to believe that in the state where we are, we're justified. So that we didn't do anything to earn that. We can't. Can we believe that you can't earn it? There's no way you don't have what it takes to earn it. You just can't. But he justified us by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, uh, what can you do to have peace? What could we do? Yet we do have peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then somebody quoted this uh, second verse, but I think it, you qualify it. But I don't see that qualification there. I'm sorry. It said, by whom also we have access by faith. So the door is open for us. There's an access there. Amen. So we can go in. Access by faith into this grace where we stand. And so we stand on something, but yet at the same time we have access into it. And so something that always calls my attention. Can you imagine that? The disciples, the early disciples, the early church. They're having children. Children have been born in their communities. And suddenly news come that a fellow by the name of Caligula has been named emperor. What kind of future is that? Yet you don't find anything about that in the gospel. But don't you think they worry about it? They didn't have the internet. They didn't have newspapers. But I'm telling you what, the news travel fast. Suddenly they said, what? What does that mean for us? And you have read those things, you know how he prayed those men were. You think about it. Well, but better not think about it. And then what about when they hear the news that there's a new fellow rising up? His name is Nero. And when word goes out and they find out what kind of fellow this was. Now he's coming to rule. It's going to affect you somehow and affect them, is it? According to historians, and they're not quite sure exactly, no, I don't think anybody knows, but it looks like perhaps during that time, during that persecution, is when Peter dies is when Paul dies I always wonder that was not the focus can you believe that well yesterday like brother I, think, I don't know brother Bill mentioned this but we talked to this brother in Ecuador brother Jose Astudillo uh, there's a large church there in the city of Guayaquil. Possibly 400 brothers there. Possibly. Maybe less, maybe more. And he was telling us that 
They had the force to stop meeting. They couldn't meet any longer. Uh, they, they were trying to meet on a s Sundays, but they couldn't. And during the week, they just couldn't meet. And uh, my two oldest girls and Abel also been there, and they used, they have told me that when they were going to church, it was an hour they that folks they were staying with, they wanted to be there an hour before the meeting began. And they said, why? They said, we don't get there an hour before. We'll be sitting on the back of the church. And we don't want that. And so those are folks that want to be there. And the reason they cannot meet is because crime in the area where the church is located has increased and they are afraid and the reason for that is that the two of the most violent Mexican cartels have gone in there and have created all this violence and so they were asking for prayer also because some of their brethren have some of their members have business and you know one of the tactics tactics of these groups is that they come to you and they say, okay, it'll be $200 a week for us to protect you. From who? From themselves. So you pay or else. But he says that, listen to this, this is a large group. How many of them have businesses? I don't know, but it's probably more than two. So none of them have been asked to give money. None of them. He says we are like, they are like an island in the midst of all that. But you know that early church didn't worry about that. The things that they write, like what we're reading right now, it says, we are justified. We have peace. Peace in the midst of that? Yes, they have peace. Did they have peace when they found out that Peter was coming to the end of his life? Did they have peace when they found out that Paul also was coming to that end? Well, for what we read, they did. And so he says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. They call that the time where they were living into this grace. And so that when they did, we could also do it. They said, in this grace in which we live in. Whether you are there in Ecuador, whether you are there in Guayaquil, whether you are in Colombia, whether you are in Mexico. Uh, I, I don't know if Brother David ever told you we had a little bit of taste of that when we got there to the... Did you tell him that? When we got to the group in Mexico, in Juarez. Yeah. And so, in the midst of that, there is peace. In the midst of that, there is grace. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. What? We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only so, here it comes. Perhaps this is the, the qualification that Brother Bill was talking about this morning. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. When you read these things, if you, if you read them in the natural, don't, they don't make any sense. I mean, how can they glory on? I mean, that sounds very religious if you look at it that way. But no. They knew who, who they were serving. And he said, we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. So you want to be patient? 
You want to have patience. There's no other way, according to what we just read. Tribulation. Work is patience. Patience experience and experience hope. Patient experience also, uh, there's been a lot of talking about we don't want to have information, just information. We want to experience what we're talking about. We want to live it. We want to be a living expression of what we declare. I also wonder what the early church was teaching their children. You know, the only thing we can teach our children, or the only way we can teach our children, is by our lives. by our lives. They will have an example there that will remember. It will be there before them. My mom was a very quiet woman. A Mixteca Indian. But I remember a few times that she spoke to me. A few times that she, you know, I didn't have arguments with her. There was no need to argue with my mom. But a few times she told me, be careful what you're doing. And she would mention what she knew I was doing. That is not good. <coughs> I remember John Newton's biography. All the terrible things that he did. And he says that he remembered his grandma's words. Actually, when he turns around, he says it's because he remembered what his grandma the scripture that his grandma taught him. And all throughout his ways, he writes that every time something happened, and he had a, a phrase there, he said, and I soon forgot. But what, what he didn't forget was the words that the grandma had spoken to him. And so mothers and fathers, those things will not be forgotten. I couldn't come around. I just didn't have the strength to do so. But I remember what my mama said. And only to myself, I was crying for help. But I couldn't turn around. And so let us not lose hope. Yeah. When we see our beloved ones, perhaps, perhaps a son, a daughter, husband, wife, it appears that they have gone the land of no return. But that's not so. We, I used to think that as long as they live, there is a chance. The longer we live that, because I realize that life keeps going. That God is outside of the way I frame time. So I, I just don't know. All I can do is like Abraham. All, 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 all you can do is like Abraham. 
fully persuaded that the one that promised is well able to do it. And so here we read then that in those tribulations we glory, knowing the tribulation worked with patience, patience experience, and experience hope. Apostle John tells us in, in, in his book, he said, what I have touched, what we have seen, what we have handled. He's talking about an experience. And so throughout the years we have had experience. We have met the Lord. We have gone through things. All of us were in the midst of the problems who cried to the Lord. And we can say, and he heard me. He heard my cry. And he answered. And so here it is. The experience brings up hope. Hope. And he said, hope, make it not a shame. So this is another promise. The promise is, will not be ashamed. We will not. And once again, we need to frame this in the correct way. We don't know the time, but the promise is there. We will not be ashamed. Because, and, and this is the reason, because the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And so, this Holy Spirit has given, been given unto me. And as, a, as a possession in that sense yeah. it's in us and it moves like if we are aware of it it moves through our praise service tonight I can hear the Holy Spirit through the prophecies he was there speaking to us and the miracle of miracles, if, if we are able to see it, is that through unclean lips, through unperfected lips, God can speak. And so if I see that, then I will come to the meetings looking forward to be met by God. It will not be another meeting. It will not be part of the, of the schedule. And so it will do so, then our children will see that. That it's not just, well, I have to go. I wish I wouldn't have to go. I'll just stay home. And the, the funny thing about that is that we have come uh, to these communities uh, because we have said God has brought us there. Because we have said we had a vision to go there. But now when there's a meeting, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go to a meal. Because it's boring. Because I don't like what they serve or whatever the reason. But didn't you say that God brought you? It's like marriage, you know. We promise this, we promise the other. I was thinking when they were promising things, I thought, wow. There was a brother in, in a fellowship that recently was exhorting the, the folks about believing visions and, 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 and seeking visions to confirm everything they do. And he said, I have never done anything without seeking for visions to confirm what I was going to do. And the first thought that came to my mind, mind is, I don't even have visions to get married. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> we don't. No. <laughs> well, Anyway, but I did promise. 
I did say yes. Missions or not. <laughs> so when they were saying their vows, I thought we should add some to that. When your hair turns gray, when your body shape changes, when you lose your strength, when you are not the person I met. Isn't that better? So you are committed for life. When your character changes, when throughout the years I discover that some things are just not going to change. Is that true? Yeah. Those of you married yes. 20, 25, 30 years, there are things that are just not going to change. But the vow is still there. Because the vow didn't have anything to do with things improving. Did they? It had to do with I believe this is the person, and I committed myself yeah. for life. For when we were dead with this, without strength, listen, yeah. when we were without any strength, just without any strength, in due time, yeah. once again it's his time, in due time, in his own time, Christ died for the ungodly. Somebody, I don't know if he or where, sometimes I don't remember where I hear things, but said that we need to remember that God died for all the ungodly. And so when you see the news, when you see this country, the other country, remember, he died for those folks. He didn't just die for us. Didn't just die for you. It's not correct to proper to tell you what's happening there with the cartels in Mexico. But I got to believe that God died for them too. He did. Whether they know it or not. That's what that's the meaning of this verse. He died for them too. And as far as the Bible is concerned, I was as far away from them, from him, as they are now. Just as far. And so before we point a finger, we need to realize, he died for me, just like he died for them. And he says, in due time he did so. And this is a scripture, that the next verses, that I wonder sometimes what exactly it means because I haven't seen it uh, very often. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet, yet, peradventure, for a good man, some will even dare to die. I haven't seen much of that. Speaking about the natural man, that the natural man is able sometimes die for another one. But God commanded that his love to us in that while we were yet sinners, see, we were still in our sins. We're still very happy. You know what? I was a very happy pagan. I did all kinds of things, and I went to sleep peacefully. Never bothered me. Never, never. I was happy as can be. Until, until he came away, and then I couldn't. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being not justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more be reconciled, we shall be saved 
by his life. So we have access to his life. So this gets very excited because whatever I do during the day, Somebody asked me, I think it must have been Gabriel, he said, oh, no, I think it was May. He said, don't you get tired of Sandy? Mm -hmm. I told him, well, no. I got some training. Some of you have been there in the farm in Mexico. But we got 800 pecan trees. Harvest time is around this time. And when harvest comes, I used to come to the orchard and I see the line of trees. And there's one tree right there, but I realize there are 799 more. <laughs> and you have to do the same thing they after day, day after day, if you want the fruit. And so it appears that I learned something. So now I take one piece of wood at a time. There'll come a time when that's it. I finish. There always came a time when we finished. And then we had as good Mexicans, a great celebration, <laughs> a big fiesta. And so, may the Lord bless you. It sounded like uh, I needed to expand on this thing of access, right? Yeah. Okay. And and we even if we did disagree, because I think uh, even among our midst, we're probably going to find. Well, stay close, so you, you may want to say something. Uh, if you don't mind. Um. Because. Uh, it's a beautiful word where it says, therefore, we have access into this grace wherein we stand. And when we use the word access, all we're saying is admission. We're admitted into. It, and and we, can, we can begin and have a sustaining work with God, because that's where, where it happens. But when we're talking about the Holy of Holies and we're, when we're talking about the veil ran into for Christ, the anchor that's of our soul that's there is, is still not completed. Let me give you an example. Where my favorite verse recently is, of his fullness we've all received grace for grace and I have admission to have all of that fully supplied but I don't have it I'm very clear that uh, that there's a growth a processing that I still have to endure if I'm going to be there and, and what I what I'm trying to get after a little bit as people say, we have access, we can go right on in. We're just perfect now. We, we don't have to ever uh, concern ourselves. Because that, that access gives you admission into a place that very, very few people go on into. Many call, few are chosen. And they don't go because of fear. And even among us tonight, I'll make a suggestion that there are probably people here, and I'm, you know, I'm not looking or thinking of anyone, I'm thinking about me, that there are areas 
that I have a difficulty in letting go of and giving to God. There, uh, I've said, God, I want him to go. And I can see him dealing with him. And, and certainly if I pursue and offer myself, but, but it's not finished. Here's another thing. Because uh, we have to utilize the offering. You stop offering and you dry up. You absolutely stop growing if you're not offering. I'm not talking about once or twice or, you know, I'm talking about, well, I'm secure. These things are all mine. And they are. But they are on the condition that you have faith, that you trust God. Because if you're not, if I'm not trusting him and going on, the, the process is over. And I can pretend I have something that I don't have. I can preach it. I can make it sound good. And so can you. But it is not the, the reality of the growth that God's looking for. And that's all I want to say about it. I mean, because I have admission into the concert doesn't mean I'll stay. I have admission into the show doesn't mean I'm going to like it. I may get up, the popcorn's bad, I may leave. Uh, it isn't to my liking. And, and I'll tell you right now, this offering, this going forth, is not a thrill and a chill. It is, it is the hardest thing that I've ever seen, and it's the most significant thing, and I still find myself in a, a seeing the impossible, and in some days, I just can't, I just won't. And that's where we have to continue to say, God, I failed today. And not let that failing be, oh, well, I'm going to hell now. No, you're not. No. You, you, I've said this over and over. You may just end up at a judgment seat uh, in a level of immaturity that you didn't have to have. Nelson said something very good to me. It was cruel, but it was true. I, I, I think I was in my 70s, and I don't even remember the specificity. But he said, by now, you should have had that taken care of. And he was right. Uh, it's embarrassing, embarrassing when the things that should have been gone. You know, and and people, people are frequently upset uh, for the simple reason that they, uh, you know, someone might say they're immature. Paul called two churches babies. The Galatians and the Corinthians. And then he began to feed them meat and tell them that they didn't have to uh, stay there. So God help us. Uh, this is a wonderful word tonight that, that we've had. And, uh, you know, the, the, the mysterious work that God does. And, and, and all of us, I, I like to say that mothers haunt our house the rest of our lives. Mine does. You know, I, I, especially the areas where I was an actor and a pretender and was a con man. God help us. The process doesn't mean that we're mature. We, we have, if you have everything, I would say to all of us, what is my excuse if I have everything pertaining to life and godliness and I won't offer myself as a living sacrifice? I was on the phone with somebody today and I said, the most significant thing that, that to me has brought us into a place that we've not known, the most significant thing is the offering. You offer and God moves. You give yourself, he hears you. How little it is, how, how many times you fall, he's, he is there and he is always uh, present in these things. So God help us. Father, we thank you that, uh, that you sustain us. We thank you for your strength. 
and, and we thank you for access and, and don't allow us to just have an admission and a potential, a possibility, but let this be the, the employment of all of our soul to stay under and to listen to you even as we go forward in the strength of Christ. Amen.